Chuck Brandon, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Oh, golly. So we're doing this podcast way early. If something happens later in the week, like Friday or Saturday, some gigantic like if a meteor hits the north american continent and destroys we'll be glad city, we recorded ahead of time well if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast after a meteor has destroyed a major city and you're going why aren't they talking about the meteor destroying the major city because oh. it hasn't happened yet because we're doing this podcast unseasonably early for us yeah normally we do it like at midnight before we're, we're supposed to publish we're way on top of it tonight yeah well, the reason you're here today is because you have had my binders in your car for like a month and a half. Yes, I've had paperwork that's important <laughs> to our business uh, in my possession so that she could not do her job. You had to drive it over here after you've been here trip. countless times in I've, the last six I've weeks. I've been here dozens of times <laughs> and I had to make a special trip to bring the I just thought it was over. only fair to bring that up since you just said <sighs> we're on top of it and that's not totally true. What do you mean and, only fair? That's not fair fair that's just yeah. you don't have to point out my <laughs> failures okay go ahead emmy's here emmy's here and Yay. she really really likes talking into microphones mm-hmm. she just was in a play a couple of weeks ago what play were you in emmy winnie the pooh winnie the pooh and winnie the pooh. uh it occurred to me recently that befuddled pantsless glutton bear <laughs> right otherwise known as winnie the pooh um, it occurred to me a few weeks ago that when Cammy, the oldest, was five, we played a game with her on the podcast. And I when, remember that game. When Colin turned five, I played that game with him. And Are we going to play that results. game with Emmy? You... Well, do we know anybody who's five years old? Who's me. five? Who's five? Me. You're five years old? You can't One, touch the mic. Two, three, four, five. She's five. When's your birthday? November 5th. Tea. Okay, so I think that that works. I think yeah. we can play the game with Emmy Jane. So what I'm going to do, Emmy... Tell, tell Carl how this game works. I'm going to read you some popular sayings. These are things that adults like to say sometimes. And then I'm going to stop, and then you're going to tell me what you think comes next. Okay? You're going to finish the phrase. So I'll say, actions speak louder than... And then you tell me what you think comes next. What do you think comes next? <laughs> I wish she could see her face. <laughs> yeah, this would be better if it was a video. Come, come a little bit closer and you tell me, tell, tell into the microphone. What do you think comes next? Actions Action speak, speak louder, louder than, than what? what? Then what? Is that a place? Is that a thing in a movie? Or did you just make up a word? You have to use a real word. Use real words. What do you think should go there? If you were going to tell Colin, actions speak louder than, what would you say next? What do you think? You don't know? How about this? The grass is always greener on the what? Grass. 
on the on ground. The ground. That's, that's perfect. Right. That's a good one. That's how we play the game. The grass is always greener on the on ground. On the ground. But you have to come closer to the microphone. Okay. okay. So ready? Here, what about this? Let's do another one. The apple doesn't fall far from the... What? Ground. From the ground again. <laughs> <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the ground. That's, That's good. true. That's good and true. It usually falls very close to the ground. Very, very close to the mm -hmm. ground. Okay, what about this? You can't judge a book by its... What? Self. Very self. good. <laughs> <laughs> you can't judge a book by itself. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. I like that one. Okay. What about what doesn't kill you makes you what? Dead. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you dead. What doesn't kill you makes you dead. You got to talk in the Come microphone. Come closer to the sweetie. microphone. What doesn't kill you makes, makes you, you what? Dead. Dead. Okay. That's... Uh, one that we're going to have to ponder. <laughs> what doesn't kill <laughs> what you? What doesn't kill you makes, makes you, you dead. Dead. Uh oh, I've got. I think that's the end of this list. What you do? Oh, wait. Did you lose your. Idioms? How about this? Better safe than what? Toot. Toot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that that's means. That's kind of the standard. If you're not sure what to <laughs> right. say, say toot, and you'll get a laugh from your siblings. Better than um. Mm -hmm. There's no time like the what? There's no time like the. Library. Like the library? There's no time like the library. <laughs> there really isn't. That, that's no true. Like library. library time. Do you like library time? It's been a while since we went to the library because of COVID. But she still remembers that There's it was no that there time. was nothing like it. No time like the library, really, when you think about it. Uh, let's see. I have to go to a new list. There were only that 10 which, in that one. That which doesn't kill you makes, makes you, you dead. dead. Uh, oh, wait a minute. You didn't have this prepared. All's fair in love and what? Explore. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even hesitate yeah, now with we're that on a roll. Now she, we're, she just pops up and goes, explore. Now we're doing it the way that Cammie used to do it, which was what was so funny about it. There's no hesitancy. Cammie would just say the first thing that, that popped into her all's mind. All's fair in love and explore. All's, all's fair in love and explore. A spoonful of sugar helps what? What do you think? Come close to the microphone. A, a spoonful of sugar a spoonful helps of what? Sugar helps what? Let's give her the rest of it. A medicine. Oh. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go nuts. Cammy's <laughs> <laughs> out there laughing in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go nuts. Cammie <laughs> enjoyed that one, too. All right. She's listening. For I like that room. one, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. It, let's see. If it, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have... A naughty, naughty pet. <laughs> <laughs> a naughty, naughty pet. pet. <laughs> Obviously. If it weren't for bad luck, obviously, I would have a naughty, naughty. Pet. Diamonds are a girl's what? Pet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm developing a theme here. Uh, a friend in need is a nicely little girl. 
<laughs> a nicely little girl? A nicely little girl is a friend in need. A friend in need is a nicely little girl. Okay. Um, let's, I've never even heard of that one. Have you heard? We'll see if Emmy knows it. Oh, I'll see if Grandpa knows this. Why close the barn door? I know it. You know the rest After of the horses are. Yep. Very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very suspicious. <laughs> Uh, that's not the way I remember it. Uh, yeah. Why close the barn door after the horses are very, very suspicious? <laughs> suspicious. Okay. Gosh, I love this. I've always loved this mm-hmm. game. And five years old is the perfect it's age. It's the perfect age for it. So, um, they have no inhibitions. They have no fears. They don't. They don't care right or wrong. Yeah. They so if you're it. listening, neighbor, if you're listening, you're our neighbor, Carl. So mm-hmm. Carl, if you've got a five-year-old in your life or a four-year-old or a six-year-old, somewhere. A precocious four-year-old who's yeah. good with language, you yeah. can play it with. You can do this game and mm-hmm. it never disappoints. It never disappoints. And this is a lesson in how uh, one, of the, one of the fundamental things that has to happen in order for comedy to take place right. is you have to have zero inhibitions. You zero have to be willing to well, you have throw to, it out. You have to ask questions. And then what we're really doing here is called slotting. Uh, we're uh, associating. Mom. Yeah, or associating. What's the matter? Oh, you want me to ask you another one? Uh, mom, mom points at the phone. All right, we can do a couple more. Sorry, we we were taking time to analyze what's going on, and that was a very grown-up thing to do, and we bored our five-year-old. Okay, beauty is in the eye of... Horses. Horses. <laughs> come, come closer to the microphone with your mouth. You don't have to touch it. Beauty is in the eye. Oh, of what horses. about this one? You might, I don't know if you will know this one. I'm pretty sure Cammie got this one when she was five. An apple a day keeps the doctor alive. Oh, alive. I thought she was going to say I it. thought she was going to say it too. Oh, An God. apple a day keeps the doctor alive. <laughs> That's sort of it. These but, are so good. Uh, it's sort of it. Um, there's no such thing as a free horse. A horse. <laughs> <laughs> A hundred. How about this? Since we're on a horse's roll, you can't look a gift horse in the... Library. Library. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't... What? Lead it and water. Lead it and water? How about this? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it... Spit. Spit. Oh, man. You need a camel for that. Right. And Cammy's giggling again. <laughs> I hear her going, <laughs> See how fun this game is? You can lead Carl? a horse to water, but you can't make it spit. <laughs> oh, man. Do we have a couple more? I love it so much. Or should um, we just do this the whole time? <laughs> I don't know. Should don't we know. do this the whole time, Ems? I don't know if I've got others on this list. Spend the whole day doing this, Emmy. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you have to man. talk when you're on a podcast. You can't just nod your head because people can't see you nod your head. So you have to say, "Yes, Grandpa." Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, I've Grandpa. got one. Yes. Better Grandpa. late than what? Apples. Better, Better late, late than apples. Than apples. 
better mm-hmm. late than apples. I'm going to think about that one, too. I'm feeling down in the... Neighborhood. Neighborhood. <laughs> Neighborhood with a V. Neighborhood. 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 <laughs> From now on. It's a beautiful day in the oh, neighborhood. I know we asked this one of Cammie, too, and Colin both. A penny Word. saved is a... Very suspicious horse. <laughs> Very suspicious. She's doing callbacks now. Yeah, she's got a, <laughs> she's got a repertoire. She's she, doing callbacks. Oh, oh man. Don't put all your eggs. Don't put all your eggs in one what? Pan. What? One pan. That's very close. One pan. It's actually don't put all your eggs in one basket. But a basket and a pan are very similar. Why would you put eggs in a basket? Why would you put them in there? Easter eggs. Easter eggs. That's don't true. put them all in the same basket. Don't put them all in the same pan either. All right. Well, some of them couldn't fit, and then you could accidentally put the one on the stove, and they'll burn the house down. I think <laughs> I think it has to do with if you drop your bra- basket, you'll end up breaking all of them, right? right? So it, it's something like that. If you put them all in the same basket, then you're in danger of losing all of them. But if you separate them, then at least you'll still have some that are unbroken. Right. If you drop your basket, then some of your eggs will be okay. Isn't that wise? See why people say this all the time? <laughs> you see why grown-ups talk like this? <laughs> Isn't this smart? Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. We we sent Emery out of the room, but... Um, She'll be back. You'll still probably hear her in the background. She'll totally be back. And we were just talking about how we've got many more kids, many more years of the cliche game to look forward to. Mm-hmm. I've still got kids. one more. Uh and then many nieces and nephews who are lining up behind that. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fun game to play with kids. It also lots. gets kids used to having adults laugh when they say things, and that's an important thing we've learned, right? Because not all kids are uh, conditioned to take to to process adult laughter, right? Well, it's good on a lot of fronts because it is good for them to know what a cliche is. It's, mm-hmm. This is good for English language development and to think about what it is that the cliche is trying to say, to think about other ways that you could potentially say it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, by the time they're 10 years old, like Cammy, they can hear it said incorrectly and appreciate the joke. And appreciate the joke. Yep. So it's, it's good all around. Yeah. We have a... Uh, a lot of we spend a lot of time laughing at the kids in our family, and they uh, don't get their feelings hurt. No, they, they try. They actually look forward to, yeah. it and, they, and they look for ways to try to make us laugh. It's a sort of a, it's a sort of an approval that they look for. Right. And uh, it's important. We didn't realize, I I didn't even realize that we were doing that in this family until we have encountered people outside the family whose children are rather undone when they are laughed at. Right. And. I realized, oh, not everybody teaches their kids right. that uh, you're not making fun of them. You're not putting them down. You're not uh, criticizing them. You're you're laughing at them. You're enjoying their answers. Right. Now, I actually came across a meme a few, I don't know, a couple years ago that said something to the effect of, we roast our kids hard so they'll be ready for the bullies or something like that. Yeah. And it made me laugh because it was like, yeah, in our house, we, we don't pull those verbal punches because a, we're doing it for a different reason than the bullies are, you know, we're doing it out of love and enjoyment of well, one each, each other. Which genuinely funny. We're laughing because we find it genuinely <laughs> funny and, and cute. 
one another or each other. Each another. I said one one each other. One each another. <laughs> uh, each one another. So we're doing it because we love each other, but um, but also it's funny because it it's true and it works. It works better. Like when you create an environment in your family where everybody's laughing together, the bullies can't touch you. No, I mean we. I literally have been known to tag my sister Tabby online when somebody's trying to insult somebody in our family. I'll like be like, "Wait a minute, you want to you want to roast my sister? Hang on, I'll get her and for let you. Let me get her like, for you, you and can, let me bring her in. You can come and make fun of her, and we will all laugh together." Right. Tabby has actually spelled out things that she's sensitive about so that the bully could roast her. <laughs> She's right. She's tried to help him out. It was an actual angry person who yeah. genuinely was trying to hurt her feelings. And, we and he were didn't all even know her. Like, that was what was funny right. about it. He, did, he was just, he knew that he, she was related, but he she right. wasn't even involved in the conversation. She so wasn't we even brought there. Her in. So we brought her to the conversation yeah. so that she could participate. And by the end of it, we're all wiping tears out of our eyes. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You're trying to insult my sister, hang on. Hang on I let know me how go to get her. I know how to get a hold of her. And Tabby came in, and the first thing she said was, "Well, if you're trying to make fun of me because of my name, you know that's not going to work." <laughs> so here's things. It. Here's things that I am sensitive about that you could bring up if you want to legitimately hurt my feelings. And I've so got she listed big several feet. things. I've got yeah. a, a. She doesn't like her nose. nose. Yeah, I've got. Um, I'm I'm kind of short and mm-hmm. got big thighs. I have, a, I have a, kind of a deep raspy voice. Oh, that was what she said. Yeah. And uh, oh man, it's funny. but he wouldn't do any of that. He didn't. He didn't take pot shots at any of that stuff. He just no. kept going back to the, her name, which <laughs> no, because he was trying to make her cry, and she kept laughing. <laughs> was killing us. But it all it all starts when they're young, and you invite them to answer questions, and and, and then you laugh heartily at yep. their answers. Yep. Uh, and they will get they will get used to it. They they start to that's what basically my book is about that. Right. I'm just teaching that. that. But the problem is you get to a certain age and you don't believe it anymore. And it's easier right. to learn this when you're young because when you're older you're a little more set in your ways and you're a little more skeptical and cynical about things. Right. But the truth is that when uh, when you let people laugh at you, you quickly become uh, unoffendable, as right. our friend Brant Hansen says unoffendable yeah so at any rate um let's get this show on the road good grief all right uh good grief we didn't get any we didn't get any mail well, we week. haven't had the time. It's, only, it's early in the week, we right? This is, I'm just, just now. Occur, it's just now occurring to me that one of the drawbacks of doing our podcast early is we don't give people a chance to respond. Yeah, that, it's been less like just over 24 <laughs> hours since we published the last episode. Uh, we haven't even got any hate mail like we asked. Uh, yeah. We specifically asked for a hate mail. Yeah, and nobody sent us yet. any death threats yet either. Should, that's coughing. what I meant. You should have done it. You should have done it faster, Carl. If you <clears> wanted to send us the the die message. Yeah, it's not your fault. You were you thought you had more time because yeah. we're usually not as prompt as we are this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things I wrote about yesterday, though, is I think I think that will work if if you've ever been uh, given given grief or suffered because of. Uh, well, we're talking about bullies. If you're talking about something that a bully has said, if a bully has hurt your feelings, are you going to talk about Gab? 
Like, are you going to talk about what was going on on Gab? This Maybe. Week? What, are, what are you thinking about? You didn't see... Did you ever go back and look at those those exchanges? Talk about the white supremacist With the thing? white supremacists. I looked I at some of them. How, how many times did you go back and forth? Oh, my gosh. I can't even say the stuff that was said to me or about my family and no. my kids on, on this podcast. No, that, recording. Well, that, that's not necessarily... I don't think that's what I was going to talk well, about. Well, you can say what you were going to say, and I'll see if I can weave it in. Cause okay. Good I'm gravy. sure you can. You're very smart. Very smart. The the thing that I was talking about earlier this week on social media when I wasn't doing battle with white supremacists, anti-white supremacy, <laughs> is that when somebody says something to you that is, is true, if it's a person that you don't like, if it's a person that's that's saying true things, but you don't like that person, there's a temptation to dismiss what's being said because you don't like the person. And you shouldn't do that. And as hard as it is to admit that awful, dreadful people who you don't like are correct, um, the sad reality is that sometimes they are. Sometimes people who you despise, <clears throat> sometimes people who are wrong 99% of the time, still say something 1% of the time that is true. And when somebody says something that's true, you should agree with it, mm. even if it comes from a source that you don't like. Yeah. And I think that that, I understand why that's hard to do, and I understand why you're reluctant to do it, because the person is despicable, <laughs> and you don't like them. And yeah. so it, it's hard to admit that you agree with a person that you don't like, but you should do it anyway. Because it's, uh, it actually is fodder for, um, for some fun times, potentially. Because if this is a person who also doesn't like you, when you are vocal about agreeing with them, that will put them on their back foot. And so it's a, source, it's a potential source of, co of comedy. If you openly agree with somebody who you normally disagree with and who you know doesn't like you, then it kind of sets them off. Mm, yeah. because yes. they also don't want to agree with you. And it sort of irks them when you come alongside them and say, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. This right. is a good point. They're like, wait a minute, you don't like me. Like, Why? But you got, but you issued a good point. Right. And it makes them suspicious. And then they, a lot of times they'll even backpedal. A lot of times they'll even start to doubt their own convictions if you come alongside them and agree with them. If they really don't like you. Yeah. I mean, if they if they find you especially despicable and detestable, if you come alongside and say, "Yeah, that point that you just raised, I agree with it," then they're going to go, "Hmm, I better, maybe I better think about that." <laughs> better rethink it. Say it again. Um, one of the things that that I heard on the interwebs a while back was, and that you and I both appreciated, was you need to be able to understand the other person's perspective before you can disagree with it. Right. You actually have to be able to understand the other person's perspective. You and can't argue with a you can't argue with a position that you can't understand you or that can't you, articulate. you can't articulate. Right. Yeah. And so one thing that you can do if a person's disagreeing with you about something you said is you can just invite them to repeat what it was you were trying to say in their own words, mm -hmm. just to see if they really even understood your perspective in the first place. Mm -hmm. But you also should be able to do that with them too. You should say Okay, what I'm hearing you say is 
blah, blah, blah. You right. know, this is what I think it is you're trying to convey. And if you can't do that, then um, you're not allowed to disagree with them anyway. And well, because you don't know that you disagree with them. That's right. That's the problem. It's not just a matter of courtesy. It's it's a matter of uh, being smart. Right. If you if you argue with a person and you don't understand what they're saying, then uh, then you're a fool. Right. Because you don't know that you disagree. So so that's my that's my contribution to that. It, it kind of is related because there are a lot of people out there who are just being disagreeable. Right. And you can know if you are being disagreeable when you're continuing to disagree and you don't even really understand what it is they're trying to say in the first place. Now, there are incoherent mm-hmm. people who are just talking and they're not even trying to make a point either. But you need to thoroughly understand that that's what's happening before you can disagree with them. You know, you have to you have to be able to explain what it is that they're trying to say or um, be thoroughly convinced that really they aren't even trying to say anything. <laughs> right, which is, which is a lot of times on social media, that's that most of the people yeah. that you're going to encounter. And yeah. so it's, it's in good faith and giving people the benefit of the doubt, you should always approach every argument with the... Yep. From the perspective of this person is trying to communicate truth and I'm trying to communicate truth. Right. Now, that's not to say that that's the way it's going to be, but that's the way that you should approach well, it. And why you have to do it, this is the important part, Carl. This I is, thought I said the important part. Well, here's the important part as it relates to the comedian next door. This mm. is why this relates to comedy. If you don't do this, if you don't do your due diligence and make sure you understand what's going on before you weigh in, you are going to accidentally become a joke. And we will make fun of you. You're going to become the the punchline because (laughs) that's literally what you do when you're trying to be funny. Right. You misunderstand things on purpose. And if you're misunderstanding things by accident... You're it's still, still making just as jokes, funny, yeah. right? You're still doing punchlines, but now it's the now worst kind fool. of punchline yeah. because you don't know that you're being funny, right? Right. It's right. like it's like me setting you up with a cliche, and then you fill in some random word, and you don't even know that you're saying something wrong or something out of place, right? But it's still funny, right? It's just as funny when you do it as when Emmy did it right. earlier. Right. Except See how we tied this all together. Except Emmy actually does understand that she's not saying the right word. Right. She doesn't know what the word should be. And all she cares about is that we laugh. And she wants us to laugh. She just wants but, us to laugh. Right. But um, but you will ultimately get people to laugh at you one way or another, whether you mean to or not. Right. Well, the, the impetus of this was I said something online about uh, something along the lines of being... Uh, being willing to, I don't even remember what I said, but the, the response that I got was some guy said, this is, this is what evangelicals say. This is something that Trump would say. This is something that QAnon would say. And my response to him was, well, so what? it doesn't matter. <laughs> if it's true, it doesn't matter who says it. Right. But he wasn't prepared to deal with that. Right. He was, he kept pushing back, you know, but Trump, but, but, you know, white supremacists, but, but, right. but it's like, I don't care. It doesn't matter who says it. All that matters is whether it's true or not. And speaking of white supremacists. Jerry Falwell Jr. might say that. Wait, are you done with the good grief? Thing? I'm trying to think if, there, if there's another person that I should list. Probably not. Okay. I'm just going to good grief us out of that. Okay. Good I just want to grief. listen to the music again. So right. that was the end of the Good Grief segment. You don't let the music play very long, considering how much That's you like because it. I have something for Peaches in a Whirl, and I want to get right to it. Mm. Peaches in a Whirl. All righty. Because you reminded away. me. I thought you were going this direction with your 
with your uh, intro to the last segment, but nope. you didn't. So Run I'm going to take dear. over. You're going to talk about white supremacists. Well, no, yes and no. I have to talk about white supremacists because that's all that can I can get to interact with me on Gab. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Wait not a minute, kidding. you can get you can get anti-Semites to interact with you, can't you? That's the same thing, really. They uh, on Gab at least they hate anybody who's not right. Like. I, I don't know German. Is, if I miss, you, go ahead and set this up because if I if I understood the argument, you were you were making a case against the anti-white supremacist movement, right? No. So you were anti anti-white supremacist because no, you were I'm comparing like, it to BLM. I'm against all of I'm against all of the victims. Anybody who's victim minded, right. and I'm really talking about parenting. I'm specifically bringing up the way that this philosophy or this religion of victim mindedness affects children. Cause I have direct experience with this. As you've just demonstrated. I've been paying attention to the education system for a long time. Cause I was a teacher even before I had kids of my own, I'm a homeschooler. And, um, and I said on Gab, Hey guys, this focus on anti-white oppression is going to be just as good for your children as the cops are hunting us narrative has been good for black children, which right. is to say it's not good at all. Right. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because Andrew Torba, who's the CEO of, of Gab, Gab and you know everybody follows him on Gab, has been retweeting or whatever they call reposting um, all of this, you know, information about hate crimes against white people mm-hmm. and stuff like this. We he actually reposted something that said quote. There, the only system of oppression in the United States is an anti-white system of oppression. Really? Yep. Well, it's Gab. He can. He's free to say he's whatever he wants to say. He's got the free say. speech, and I do support the free speech aspect. I want people to say what they actually think, right, on social media, right? Um, which, because that's how you can identify how what people are, right? That you, you, when they when they say things, you know who they are, right? And that's why I was not shocked. Or demanding action be taken against close his account down. nationalist Canada who literally has the Nazi swastika on a ca- uh, maple leaf. <laughs> That's his profile picture. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I, Peaches and I had a little uh, disagreement on Gab last week, wh- where we? yeah, because I said that I, I didn't think that the that the open oh, Nazi yeah. Hitler yeah, supporters yeah, yeah. would have the guts to actually identify as yeah. Hitler fans. And I said, you haven't been said, on Gab long yeah, enough. Yeah, she said, you haven't been. She patted me on the head and said, oh, Dad, you just haven't been on Gab long <laughs> enough. And I said, no, I don't think that they I don't think they have the stones to stand up and say, yeah, Hitler was a great guy. Well, he, was, he, had it, he had it all and right. And to be fair, you specified that Christians, professing Christians generally would not align themselves with Hitler's agenda so right. openly. And and I said, yes and no. And this guy, this nationalist Canada guy. Does not identify as a Christian? I don't know. I didn't I didn't actually ask. In fact, I gave him the gospel message and he said, oh, so all you have to do is confess your sins and then you can be as much of a jerk as you want or something like that. <laughs> so I would, yep, I would argue I he's not a Christian, but... <laughs> But there are some who would say Hitler is a Christian or always, was a Christian. It always makes me laugh when people who are not Christian uh, run down Christian morality. Yes. And it's like, on what basis are you condemning my morality? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't even go that 
direction. I know, I know, it's not worth it. But he literally, I can't even read his first comment. <laughs> because it's so full of profanity. Because it's, yeah, it's and, bad. And so what vulgarity. I think I'm going to do is just throw a gunshot into the into the conversation over every, the words I can't every say. Every time there's a word. It's not even a whole bunch of words. It's just one Except in particular. Except it's going to go, yeah. It'll it? go, let's right. see. I said that this is not going to be good for our children. If you if you take the same victim minded, there's a system of oppression over <laughs> us that that you know the people of color in the universities have been adopting for all of this time. You're going to have the same results, right? Which is violent, helpless, hopeless teenagers who become young adults who are, who are blaming all of their problems on right. the system or right. the no personal responsibility. A, a group of white people, no or sense that of, they need a savior themselves. Right. Everything bad that happens to them is outside of their control. Just because of evil outside of right. themselves. Right. Right. And, and nationalist Canada says to me, really, where have you been? <laughs> have more power than we whites do in our own lands. <laughs> and he drops. I did see that one. The N word. So uh, I said to him, again, not taking the bait, because I've been on social media a long time, not Gab for a long time, but I've seen how this works with She's trolls. been around the block a time or two, Carl. It's the she same knows how thing this you goes. get from atheists when they're coming at you it with is. their, like, you know, profanity against Christians. We even had a, an atheist once post a nude picture of Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. it was Jesus in a provocative pose, mm-hmm. completely nude. It was horrible. It was so gross and, and needless, but I know why he's doing it, you know, right. and because I know why this guy. he's trying to get us to blink. Right, and he's I know why this guy's doing down. it too, and so I didn't even address his his use of that word. I said, right. you might want to read my post again. I'm not arguing about who has more power, quote unquote. I'm telling you that joining the vic- victim Olympics is bad for children. Right. Just period. Full right, stop. to start training children that they, they don't have a chance and they're oppressed and yeah. everybody's out to get them. And and he says, you mean our children are not victims of critical race theory, which is depicting them as evil, hateful, disgusting um, people who killed everyone. <laughs> we shouldn't fight about this. You're a Jew, aren't you? He says to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you are certainly not white because we are actual victims in our own land. <laughs> you mean... <laughs> there you go you mean our children are not victims of critical race theory you're a jew aren't you you're not like, white they butted they he butted those two sentences right up next I'm to each so, other i'm so like thrilled though because i finally know what it's like to be told i'm not insert skin color the way that my conservative black friends have been hearing yeah for congratulations years. Yeah, I was told I'm not really white because of what I said. And I know people, multiple people who have been told they're not really black because of their conservative perspective on things. So But the but the irony of be of simultaneously like within within a few words of each other to say, Oh, you mean we're not we're not being oppressed, you rotten, horrible so and so. It's like yeah. he, and he doesn't see it, does he? He doesn't I he don't doesn't know. See the. I think he's trying to do the glaring contradiction. He's trying to throw a big fit and scare people into agreeing with him. Whatever it is, he's looking for what it is that's going to make me. It's going to intimidate me and make me and shut you down. Yeah, stop talking. Yeah. And again, I'm very familiar with this from the atheists yeah. and uh, <laughs> and my experience so there. And yeah, so I mean, we went back and forth a little bit, but. Um, I'm, I'm bringing it up because again, I want to remind our neighbor, Carl, that if he's going to follow us on Gab, this is, this is there. (laughs) Buckle up a little bit. (laughs) This stuff is there. 
Uh, it's ripe for laughter. I was cracking up with Luke the other day when, when these comments were rolling in, and I'm showing him, like, mm-hmm. you don't see this on Facebook, no. do you? Like, <laughs> you sure don't. It's absolute psychosis. Um, but for me, the parenting angle is important, and um, I still stand by what I said as far as do not teach your children that all these cards are, you know, stacked against them, and, um, and they're in this world over which they have no control and there's nothing they can do and they won't get a fair shake and people are going to be judging them unfairly and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, I actually talked with Grandma Turbo this well, week. Well, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think we need to clarify. You can tell your children that people are going to be judging you unfairly because they will right. be. Well, I was just getting ready to say that. I was I talked with Grandma Turbo this week and I reminded her that it's an important lesson for kids to know that the the world is unfair. Right. And she said, I don't think I ever taught my kids that. And I said, Dad says you did. And Uncle David you picked was, it up somewhere. He was there and he said, Well, you used She's to forgotten. Tell us. She's yeah. forgotten that she would offhandedly yeah. say it. I mean, and she was so glib about it that she probably didn't even think about it. She goes, well, the world's not fair. The world's not always fair. Right. Well, and she and I explained to her, so I gave her some examples. I know you shared with us about like a mean neighbor lady who was always telling you guys to get off her lawn and, yep. and how no, she... No, worse than that. It was like we were... She was... <laughs> yeah. She was a psycho. She yeah. was a psychopath. But I didn't know it when I was a kid. Right. And... So, but this was a this had a profound impact on my childhood. It was this neighbor lady? She had a daughter uh, who was about your uncle's and my age, and so right. we would play with. We wanted to play with her because she was, there were, weren't that many kids in the neighborhood. There was right. only about three or four. kids I know in the Uncle David was at my house, and he actually named the lady and the daughter. All I said was I there too. was this mean neighbor lady, and he goes, "Oh, I know," and yeah. says, and, I, and he said the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could say it too. Yeah, but I, there's no reason to, because um, <laughs> it doesn't matter what their names are. Yeah. And so, uh, so we would go to their house and she would come over and play in our yard and everything. And it was great. It was, it was fine. But every, like every time we went over to their house, her mother would freak out. She would come out and just start yelling at us. You little brats. What are you doing in my yard? And we're like, we're playing with your daughter. <laughs> so we would go home and we would cry, you know, right. cause this, this adult would, and my, my mom would always say the same thing. She would say, she is an adult. You do not backtalk her. Right. And so, and so I, I learned growing up that children are, are beneath adults, even even, even mean, unfair, unfair right. even unfair adults right. still have jurisdiction over over children. That's right. what I learned. And that was my point to grandma too. I said, you taught the lesson even if you didn't use those exact words because mm-hmm. that was an example. And then I also talked about the time that you studied really, really hard. <laughs> oh gosh, you're going to bring up all my For the play. Stuff. Yeah, I had a Christmas play and... Uh, one of the guys, I could give you, you his name, name too. Him too. So yep. can grandma. She's God, still holding the grudge. Haven't forgotten it. <laughs> She's still holding the grudge about it. Uh, basically, it was a Christmas thing, and the class had broken up into little groups, and we were doing, our group was responsible for doing a little Christmas tradition for from a country. And I had Yugoslavia or something, and so I had a part in Yugoslavia. And, uh, and then this other group, boy had a part in uh, Germany or something like that and so I was uh, I, he, he was sick that day and so he wasn't able to go and uh, be in the in the play 
and during the final practice because he was sick that day. And so the teacher was a little panicked, and she said, we're going to have to find somebody to take his place because the show is tonight. And I said, sure, I'll do it. So I stayed in all three recesses and learned the part for how to how to do the dance and what the lines were and all that sort <laughs> of stuff. The dance. Yeah, there was a dance. I didn't know about the dance. Yeah, there was a dance. I don't remember it very well, but it, it involved <laughs> being in a circle, and there was some hand gestures and... I mean, it wasn't a Broadway production for crying out loud. It was just, it was, it was like second graders, you know, doing, doing the chicken dance or something. So, so basically what I'm saying is that 45 minutes of recess time was more than adequate to learn it, but it still took all my recess. Right. And then he showed up that night. Right, you know, which just, was against your rules. Just before showtime, which like was just in before. your household, right. if you were gone for the day for school, you were too sick to go to school, you're too sick to do the fun thing after and school. And there were many times when, well, not many, which but there were a fair. few times when we were sick, I was sick, and I didn't get to do a thing that I really wanted right. to do because right. I skipped school. And that's the fair thing. Right, and that know. is fair. But life is not but fair. But life is not fair. And my, I remember my mother saying, well, not all parents have the same rules that we have. Right. And in my young it, it didn't make me feel any better as a, as a little kid, but it did stick with me, and that is correct. We, we could Not everybody spend, has the same rules. We could spend just episodes and episodes sharing examples of children of having things unfair happening to them. Colin was just in an outrage this morning because we're reading Little House in the Big Woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Colin has big feelings he about things. He has big feelings, and justice is one of his big things. Yeah. And he just thought, even though there was a boy who was being a brat in that, in that story... The fact that he got stung by a bunch of yellow jackets afterward was just too much. For like, Colin. Maybe maybe sitting in timeout for a minute or like <laughs> having a slap on the wrist, but like he could have died, he says. Right. He could have died. And I said, Well, first of all, you can choose your actions, you can't choose your consequences. And also, life is unfair, which is, is the unfair. whole point that I'm trying to make. Like you make sure that what you're doing is co correct and good and right. Um, well, that's what's going on right now in uh, in Israel and the Gaza Strip. With uh, Gaza launches Gaza, Gaza launches a few, couple thousand rockets at Israel. They uh, fire back. Israel retaliates. Yeah, and uh, and everybody goes, "Wait a minute! Your retaliating is way bigger than what we did in the first place." And Biden wants them to cease fire, and it's like, "I'm sorry, but life is just not fair." Well, it's I'm just saying. That that is a healthier way to disciple your children than teaching them to be constantly looking over their shoulder for some injustice to be upset about. Or constantly whining about the whining. consequences. Well, and that's of, what this guy on Gab, there were more more than one troll that I was dealing with, by the way. That's not just an outlier. Like, you're like a ninja. You can hold them off three, four, five at a time. I think it was three this time. But yeah, mm -hmm. he, he went about saying like, well, I'm not just whining. When it's accompanied by action, then it's fruitful and it matters. And I was like, oh yeah, good idea. We should probably go throw bricks through windows and set cars on fire. Does this sound familiar <laughs> to you? I know how kids react when you Let's start. Let's burn down a Wendy's. You start telling them that things are not fair and you agree with them and you feel sorry for them. And what happens is you end up with this crazy gang, violent, like it's not productive. It's not good no. for people because the gospel is that we're all sinners and we all deserve hell, not oh, here's this thing, this entitlement you're not getting, or here's this standard that you're supposed to have that you're you're not getting. Right. It's that you are actually 
mercifully given what you don't deserve and gracefully given things that you don't deserve. Right. It's a matter of perspective. And it's all about perspective. And children need to be taught to see the monster that's within themselves and not to constantly be whining about or fighting against these monsters that they see in the, quote, system outside of themselves all right. the time. It's always... It's, it, I wrote about that this week on the blog, that uh, the idea of teaching children to love themselves. you got to teach a child when they're young to love themselves. And I remember he- hearing your voice in my head when I read that. <laughs> they like, already know. They already love themselves. They love themselves. It's like, it's, teaching a child to love himself is like trying to teach a duck to swim. It's like it's totally unnecessary. They are completely self-absorbed from the moment that they enter the earth. Right. And the challenge is to teach them to think about other people occasionally. Right. Yep. Which, when you read the Bible, seems to be the thing that they thought they needed to teach their children that thousands of years ago, too. It seemed to be the thing. That's um, the thing that God seems to want to keep teaching only, us over and over and over. It's only more recently that all the experts decided we really weren't selfish enough and we needed to... <laughs> Children fight just, the system. Children, uh, just life is not fair for kids, and they need, you need you, to do something they about need that. Your, su- your support, right? It's like, yeah, it's so hard to be a kid. Uh, all right, we got to wrap this up. We do. Well, do you have a hill to die on? Um, yeah, but I wasn't prepared for that. Well, we do it every I actually time. Had, I actually had something else that I wanted to instead of the hill to die on. No. Oh. I mean, well, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Well, we got to go because we got like a minute, and my kids are having a little bit of an issue upstairs uh okay uh all right recently there's been a bunch of people that have come forward and apologized for various things wait is this a hill to die on yeah okay how will we know if we don't uh, hill to die on where i plant a flag (laughs) and then don't play that decide that this is an argument that I'm willing to uh, to stand behind. This is a hill I'll die on. Uh, there's a lot of people who've been apologizing for various things. Uh, the guy who voiced Apu on The Simpsons has apologized for uh, voicing an Indian guy. Right. Uh, and uh, John Cena recently, like yesterday or whatever, came out and, and made some statement about his movie that he's going to be in the Fast and Furious movie. I don't know. And, he, and I, apparently he mentioned that Taiwan is a, is country. a country. Yeah. And that, I guess, annoys Chinese people, some of them. I don't think it annoys all the Chinese people because there's billions and billions of them, and I don't think most of them pay attention to what John Cena says. But it annoyed some Chinese people, apparently, and so he apologized for referring to Taiwan as a country. And so here's the hill that I'm going to die on. When an actor or a celebrity or a sports figure or anybody who's famous, when when those people start apologizing for playing roles or for making statements, I say we should leave them alone. Because there's a lot of people who are outraged by somebody apologizing. He doesn't have to apologize. It's it's unreasonable to expect an apology. It's like, let him apologize. Um, This is the price that you have to pay for the chosen profession. If you're going to be a famous person, then you're going to have to kowtow. You're going to have to sacrifice your convictions. And if you're, if a person is willing to do that in order to maintain their job in Hollywood, let them. Hollywood is a wicked place devoid of justice and reason, and that's what you get. So nobody with scruples or common sense is going to last very long in Hollywood or in hell for that reason, and, and <laughs> so for that uh, 
as far as that goes. So, so the hill that I'm going to die on is I am not going to argue with people when they tell me that they have said something outrageous that needs to be apologized for. If you want to apologize for being a despicable, terrible person, then I will say, all right, then you, you, you do owe an apology. <laughs> I'm not going to try to talk you out of your wickedness. You're a despicable, terrible person. You're a despicable, terrible person for voicing that uh, thing. For saying that Taiwan is a country, how dare you? You terrible, terrible person. All right. If you'd like to join John Brandon on that hill, let us know. Next door at johnbrandon.com. And if you want to fight me about that, um, let me know. So is that it? Is that our show? It's got to be. I heard rumor that there's something involving toilet matter upstairs. <laughs> I got to go attend to that. She's got to go and clean up some sort of toilet matter and uh, I'm going to I'm going to let her. I, I feel oppressed watch. right now. I'm the victim of a system of <laughs> a system of, of child wildness and and, yeah. and immaturity. Uh, yeah, I will I maybe will watch from a distance. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see you next time, neighbor. Hi, Carl. Look for John Branion on Miwi and Gab. Also, be part of the show by sending your questions to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. See you next time, neighbor.